Our scripture lesson this morning comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 26. For just as the body is one and has many members, so all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, given the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. It feels a little strange to say because December 25th has passed and perhaps some of you have even taken down your decorations and boxed them up until next year. But in the church, the Christmas season runs from December 25th until January 5th. Those are the 12 days of Christmas we hear about in the song. Today would be five golden rings for anyone keeping count. The Christmas season has a way of bringing people together, does it not? And especially family that we don't see all that often. I wonder if anyone else here has to mentally prepare themselves for the joining of family from near and far. I love my family so much and treasure our time together, but I do have to prepare to all be in one space again. We all have different preferences, different lifestyles, different routines, and when we all come back together again, it can be a bit jarring. And there are some extended family members who I really have little in common with, but because we are related and from the same family, we get together each year regardless. We put aside our different schedules, routines, and opinions about things for the larger cause of Christmas and family time. I don't think the metaphor for the family of God is all that different. Consider all of us gathered together in this space today. We are diverse in age, experience, walk of life, music preference, service time preference, the list goes on and on. And yet, each of us is connected through our commitment to God and this church. Something or someone at some time brought each one of us here. So what does it mean that we are all different and yet somehow one? Today, we are going to talk about unity in the body of Christ. Two summers ago, I had the privilege of serving as a chaplain at Emory University Hospital, 
And it was through a program called CPE, Clinical Pastoral Education. And I knew before starting, the basic premise of the job was to go in and provide spiritual care to people. And we had training about what it means to be on a care team, but I don't think I fully understood what that meant until I was in the moment. Several times as I would be in the room with a patient having a serious conversation, someone else would come in to do their job. And this happened all the time. It was rare that I would have a 10-minute conversation with someone without someone else coming in. And the patients often spoke about how they rarely felt like they could rest because people came in to ask questions or to do tests or to poke and prod. And once when I was praying with a patient who was pretty emotional about her prognosis and the emotional toll it was having on her family, someone knocked on the door as we were praying. And I opened my eyes just long enough to lock eyes with the doctor and for it to become awkward. And the doctor began speaking. He didn't realize we were praying. And the woman who had been quiet up to this moment and pretty timid suddenly became sassy and told the doctor, you can come back later or you can join us, but right now we're praying. And it just, in that moment, I understood that, you know, the doctor was coming in to do his job, just like I was in there doing my job, but it takes a huge team of people to meet the needs of each patient. Upon arriving to a hospital, a patient goes to admissions where their paperwork is taken, insurance is scanned, medical records are obtained. Meanwhile, housekeeping is getting the room ready so everything is safe when they arrive. There's a transportation team that makes sure each patient gets to the correct room. There's a nurse and a nurse tech assigned to each patient to take vital signs and to monitor the patient throughout the stay. Doctors and surgeons come in to make diagnosis and run procedures. Pharmacists look at the request of doctors and make sure the medicine is correct and the amount is correct for that person. Chaplains come in to provide spiritual care, to look at the spiritual side of a person. Lab workers run tests to find out what's going internally. Dietitians and cooks work to ensure that the food will nourish the person correctly. And physical therapists and occupational therapists come in at the end to make sure a person can return back to their new normal. And finally, a discharge team makes sure that the person is ready to go home. This is a list of 13 areas that touch a patient when they come to stay at a hospital. And each one of the departments has a unique piece to play in the well-being of a patient. And as we've gathered here together, as one body this morning, I'm reminded of the passage we heard from 1 Corinthians a minute ago. In this passage, Paul describes Christians as the body of Christ. And it's kind of strange to think about, but it perfectly gets at the message of unity. He says this, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. Paul runs with this body metaphor and makes it a plain and compelling argument. If the whole body was an eye, how would we hear? How would we move? How would we speak? And if the whole body was an ear, how would we smell? How would we receive nourishment? How would we have relationships with one another? In our body of Christ here, we are all different. We all have different gifts and talents, different likes and different dislikes, different everything I'd be willing to bet. But this is not a reason to pit ourselves against one another. 
Because when we bring together our unique selves all together into one body, we see a more clear picture of the body of Christ. And yet we see numerous examples of division every day. How many times have we seen people split over the right answer or the right leadership? We have cultural divisions, denominational divisions, political divisions, you name it. Our society is constantly split between different groups striving to be superior. We even divide ourselves in the church sometimes over what type of music we like, how we should dress for worship, the translation of scripture. It doesn't take much for us to be willing to split. But Paul is clear in this letter to the Corinthians that each member of the body is necessary. There's no part of the body that is better than another, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Paul is urging Christians to come together with their differences to work together for one function. Because through Christ, by Christ, and in Christ, we are one. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has been an advocate for women, equality, and civil rights for centuries. And in the past two years, recent hype has risen about her because of the new documentary that came out. And among other things, it spoke about her friendship with Justice Antonin Scalia. Their friendship has been one of public interest because on the surface level, they have very little in common. Ginsburg was a liberal who was nominated by President Clinton, while Scalia was a conservative nominated by President Reagan. As such, they rarely found themselves on the same side of the political agenda, and yet, Ginsburg considered Scalia one of her very best friends. One thing that brought them together was their love of opera. In 2013, a law student named Derek Wang composed an American comic opera about the unlikely friendship between the two. Toward the end of the opera, named Scalia Ginsburg, tenor Scalia and soprano Ginsburg sing a duet. We are different, we are one. Different in our interpretation of written text, One, in reverence for the Constitution and the institution we serve. When Scalia died, Ginsburg said, from our years together at the D.C. Circuit, we were best buddies. The unifying factor for them was their reverence for the Constitution and their deep desire to see the United States as the best nation it could be. The way that they saw the world and understood what was right was vastly different, yet they could see the bigger picture. Their professionalism and love for one another shows that unity and oneness, despite differences, is more powerful than the need to be superior. Jesus calls us to this strange life where we're in community with people who are different from us. This is a reminder that the kingdom of God will not be a place that looks just like us, that thinks just like us. The beauty of the kingdom of God and the body of Christ is that it works best when we bring our uniqueness together. Unity and oneness come when we let go of the need to be the smartest, the kindest, the best Christian, and all the other things that try and raise us above somebody else. And we do this for the sake of being a team player. Only then will we experience the freedom of unity as one body. So as we prepare to end one year, 2019, and move into 2020 together, I invite you to consider how you are one with everyone here today. Whether you are a part of the 8.30 service, the Ascension service, the 11 o'clock service, whether you are in the prayer shawl ministry, a volunteer of the Joseph Project, 
a Bible study participant, whether you have grown up here since birth or you are new to town, my prayer is that we will all be able to look beyond ourselves and see that we are all connected. And the glue, the bond which holds us all together is Jesus, whose birth we celebrate this Christmas season. The birth and life of Jesus changed everything, not just for Mary and Joseph, not just for the shepherds or the wise men, but for us today and for people of all eternity. Jesus came to give people the opportunity for life eternal, and of course Jesus knew we would have our differences. So he exemplified radical love and inclusion of all people throughout his life. He made space for people. He hung around people that other people wouldn't be seen with. Why? Because the message of the cross leaves no room for divide. In Christ, there is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, Methodist or Baptist. Jesus died on the cross for the redemption of all people so that no one could think of themselves as more important. So this is what it means to be the church. And this is what it means to be the body of Christ. When we put aside our need to be right and our need to be superior to make room for other people. In community, diversity is beautiful and needed for change and growth. And that doesn't mean that we will all have the same ideas about God in life. But it does mean that we will seek to understand each other, knowing that in our differences, maybe we can see a more complete picture of God. Understanding our common purpose, the glue which holds us together, will lessen our propensity to want to fight when we feel that ourselves or our ideas are threatened in some way. Just as admissions, transportation, housekeeping, nurses, doctors, and physical therapists must set aside their need to be seen as most important for the sake of the patient, so must we look beyond ourselves to see the big team picture. Teamwork and unity are about bringing our best selves, our unique selves, to the table for the good of the whole and encouraging other people to do the same. Because we each have an important part to play in this body of Christ. And so as we move into 2020 together, let us do so striving to love one another despite our differences, realizing that we are all needed in this body of Christ. In the name of God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen.